Hi, I'm Zohara with The Soloist, conversations on soul, education, music, eldership, life, death, and many things in between, where we meet in soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Soloist. Many of you know that in the last one year and a few months, there has been a topic that uh, visited me or came to live with me since my husband died. And this, the, the topic is grief, like an entity. And in a few past episodes, I talked about grief, my relationship to grief, uh, what I feel about grief, what grief is. And as I go on with my life, I realize that grief has got uh, such more meaning in everyone's life, not just in mine. Because it has become a permanent, frequent visitor, I'm learning from it so many, so many things actually. And in a way, this particular grief, which I'm sure is added to many other griefs, which I was not even aware of them, some of them, uh, in a way it is expanding my life and the life of people around me. I have never met a person who didn't feel something about grief. Even people who did not register events in their life lives as grief uh, appearing or grief visiting, it was always touching the people's life. It always touches people's life in one way or another. And I think the one way or another changes and looks different and feels different quite a lot by the fact how people but in a sheer fact how people um, treat it how people relate to it for instance some people will choose to ignore it some people will choose to run away from it some people will choose to belittle it to make it insignificant, to treat it as a burden, as a nuisance, as something that you have to get over. And I don't think that many of them are choosing to behave like this. It's almost like grief or sorrow, the sorrow that comes with the grief is choosing its way to play and to relate to people. And I'm sure it has a lot to do with the history of a person, with the history of the family, of the ancestors, of uh, traumas from the past, all the things which are making up our data. 
Yesterday, I was participating in a seminar about, uh, the name was The Future of uh, Death and Dying. In the last year plus, everything which has to do with death and dying is calling me. And it's calling me not because some of you might think because I choose to be sad or I choose to hang on to the grief. No, no. It calls me because never before I realized how rich this topic is. It's a rich topic. It expands and it embraces so many other things. And I find by visiting it, allowing it to come to my life, exploring it, investigating it, inquiring it, my life has reached a certain depth that was not there before. Now, death and losing someone you love creates grief. I know that people have the tendency to compare between or to sort kind of all sorts of uh, death into categories. There is, they say there is the death of a child, there is the death of a spouse, there is the death of a pet, there is the death of a friend, close friend, not so close friend. There's a death of um, a person who is old, who was old when he died. There was a death of a young person. There was a death of uh, sudden death. There was a death of like an anticipatory death and so on. And the division between death might give the idea or might create a thought that every death, therefore every grief is different. Nobody can argue, even people who lost pet and husband and wife and children and friends and know all sorts of grief, even they will not be able to say, to put them in categories and say, this is different than this. And even if this is different than this, it does not mean that the other person who experiences this death feels the same difference. So death, in a way, is a very, maybe I'll say actually grief. Grief, because grief is what we, who lost people who died, are, are, are being left with. So grief is a very personal thing. And at the same time, it's a very collective thing. Because all of us, all of us are going to lose people around. All of us. Like all of us are going to die one day. If we run away from it, it will not change the fact. It will just change the way we look or do not look at it. So when I talk about death, I'm referring, of course, uh, to the, the grief which has been uh, constant a permanent visitor in my life, which is the grief that came when my husband died. And I don't think that when we go deep into the grief, 
it really is very different from other grief. And I don't think that the way we treat people who are losing someone needs to be different. We might feel different. We might like some, because it pushes our own buttons. So some people might find it intolerable to talk to people who lost their children. And they'll find it much easier to be in the, in the, the, in the company of people who lost their spouse. Or there will be, it'll be easier for them to, to be with the, with people who lost their spouses at the old age and so on. But that only reflects what people, the people themselves feel towards this topic of death, dying and grief, which doesn't necessarily has a lot to do with what the people who experience, who go through the grief are feeling. I know for myself, that I definitely could not be with grieving people in the same way that I can be now with them, now going through the same experience. I feel that grieving my, my husband gave me many tools, ideas, and experiences of how I can offer myself to a grieving person. And I'll give you examples as they come in my head. I have not written them if in front of me because I wanted to make it more, more, more authentic or the most authentic I can share with you. I was recently listening to a podcast about grief and the interviewers or the podcast hosters were going, I mean, they, they themselves uh, went through grief which made them want made them start this podcast. It's very natural. And nevertheless, even though they experienced the grief by themselves, that when they interviewed or talked to a woman about one of the topics, they were one of them, one of the hostess was always cutting and, and finishing the sentences for the guest. It made me think that many times we feel so uncomfortable with people who go through grief and through death of a beloved one that we cannot tolerate the waiting. Waiting for the person to summon their thoughts and put them and find the words for them and put them in the phrases that feel authentic to them is beyond their ability. So they jump in, they finish the sentence, and they think they're doing favor. And actually, it's a con on the contrary. Maybe they're doing favor too for themselves. One thing which I, one of many things which I can suggest, if you have a friend who is grieving and you want to come and spend time with them, I suggest just sit and breathe. Don't finish the sentences for them. Also, don't say, I know exactly what you're, you, you, you feel or I know exactly what you're talking about. Because the truth is, we never know exactly what a person is talking about. We might have had an experience which resembles or we think resembles. And if it's appropriate and if we are being invited, 
we might come later and share our experience, again, if we're being invited. But if we're there in order to hold the hand, metaphorically speaking or not metaphorically speaking, to hold the hand to support a person in grief, we should not jump in and finish their sentence. We should not let them know that we know exactly what they feel. The best gift we can give them is just be there. Just creating the space for them to be wherever they are. Another thing which I heard in this podcast was, uh, or maybe it was another one, was that when you are grieving, you cannot tolerate the company of other people. It's not completely true. Yes, sometimes we need to go and to be by ourselves. At the same time, if we have, if we are privileged or lucky to have in our lives people who can sit there and just be there without jumping around and trying to offer help, being there in silence, that actually expands the space our space to be almost alone. Knowing that there is someone there that does not occupy the space, does not take space by using words or moving too much or trying to do things or pushing uh, a box of tissues towards you and you cry. This is not helpful. But just knowing that there is someone who is there sitting being present in a way the presence of this person is sharing the burden of the grieving person's pain it's a magic the magic of community the magic of uh, having someone there for you Another thing that comes to mind is reaching out and coming in. For some people, I definitely belong to them. Reaching out is not easy, to say the least. I'm better in pushing and asking for my boundaries. Better doing this than asking for help or reaching for help. And I think from the close talks, intimate, deep, loving talks that I had with grieving people in the last year or so, I realized that actually it is the same for many people. I don't know if for all people, but I think most people that I talk to them had the same experience. They said, I'm not good in asking for help. I'm better. And some of them found it also hard to um, say, like to send away or to say no when people were overstepping their boundaries. This is also something that they reported they will need to learn. Uh, for a grieving person to need to push away is easier than to ask for help. 
because there's so many layers when we grieve. And none of them, for most people, is the one that says, go out there, ask for help. Someone we can't, because they're, one of the main components of grief is loneliness. Is the loneliness in the pain. It's not just being alone. It's loneliness that comes with pain. Because when you don't have your spouse with you, when you lost your beloved, you're lonely. Even if you have friends, you're still lonely. When people are not trying or are not waiting for you to show signs that you want them to come, or just come and check what you need. If people do it to you, you feel less lonely. The moments of loneliness are being broken. That's the best gift we can give to a per person who is grieving. Now, after a year and a few months that passed since my husband died, I can see more details in this picture of grieving. The container is bigger because the intensity of the pain is changing. And with the intensity of the pain that changes, there's more room for more feeling for more insights, for more observations. So another thing which I'm realizing is when people who are grieving are sharing their grief with other people, sometimes at some point they laugh and the laughter is a laughter of embarrassment because one of the things that grieving people feel is that they need to justify something. I don't, I don't completely know what this something is. It might be justify their existence, justify the fact that they're taking lots of space, justify the fact that they are needy, justify the fact that they need help, they need support, they need to start their life from the beginning. When the rug is pulled under your feet and you are collapsing into a new territory, that you did not ask for. You did not decide to move to this territory. You've been pushed. That's a very brutal kick. No matter if it's it was a sudden death or um, an expected death, when death happens, it's a kick in your belly. And your, and your heart. And it's pushes you to make a decision. How am I going to live my life from now on? And it pushes you to make a decision in times that you cannot make decision. Yeah. So... So the laughter that I see people laugh is a kind of an embarrassment kind of thing. Uh, they try to make it sound less somber, less sad, 
And there is a component of apology, almost like they're trying to defend themselves. When I hear it, sometimes it really hurts me because I don't think we need to make, if you're grieving, if you lost someone, which is hard enough, I don't think you have also the role or responsibility to make the life of people around you easier. Yeah. I'm not saying the opposite. It does not mean that you have to make their life harder, but how about just be or do everything that you can to respect where you are. Just be where you are. So you cry when you need to cry. You keep silent when you need to keep silent. You talk when you want to talk. But no one, not you, not the people who sit with you, needs to fill in the gap with words or movements. I would like to see our society getting more and more open to talk about death, to accept the fact that there is death at the end of every cycle. I really feel that there is a strong need of death education. Educating people about death, educating people about their own death and their beloved one's death. I hear someone now asking me, do you think it's going to make it easier? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to make it easier in all aspects. I don't think it's going to take the sting and the ache of losing beloved people. But it's going to add a component which is going to make it more bearable. Yes, I'm sure about this one. I know that if when I lost my men, if more people would know that I'm lonely, without me telling them that I'm lonely, it would be easier for me. If more people would try not to judge or evaluate me by the way I look or by the way I appear or by the way, by the words they hear me writing, even in social media, if they knew that their um, presence in my life is important, it would be easier for me. I know that if people came and did not expect me to be um, stronger or cheerful or hopeful, which I was many times, but not always, it would be easier. Now, when I say I know, I also know that I'm not talking just from this body an organism which is called Zohara. I'm talking, I'm giving voice to many people which I met and continue to meet. 
because this topic of death and grief is becoming closer and more intimate in my life. It's important for me to learn more about it, to give more of me to other people who go through this. It's really important for me not to give hand and not to participate in this insanity, insane dance of trying to get back to life as soon as possible. Because the more we try to get back to life, the more life actually is running away from us. We are participating in life, but not fully anyway. So respecting the rhythm of this, respecting the rhythm of grief, the behavior of grief, learning about the symptoms of grief is so important. I find that nature, that nature is a great gift when you're grieving. Maybe because nature is so present. The birds come and go when they feel like coming and going. They don't feel that they need to sit here and offer me a tissue or say something funny. They just come sit here with me, next to me on the deck, or I come and visit them in their trees and they flap the wings. They look at me if they want. They sing the song and they go. And every time it happens, it's a gift. The beach is a gift. The waves that are coming and um, stroking my toes, that's a gift. Hearing the wind is a gift. Walking in the, in the rain is a gift because nature is behaving so natural. So one of the things which I hope to see in my life, expanding, extending, developing, is the awareness for death. And of course, the process of dying. And from this, it's a very, very big topic. With this comes uh, the burial way, um, Everything that connects to this, I won't even go into this now. And in good case scenarios, also the topic of aging that has been also close to my heart as I started to age. So it's all it all interweaves with so many other topics. And all of them, there's one common thing between them. And the common thing is that we are trying to run away from it. We are trying to ignore it. We are trying to deny it. And it's so funny, so awkward to deny something that will happen if we want it or not. If we talk about death or don't talk about death, death will happen. Our death 
and people around us. If we talk about aging or don't talk about aging, aging will happen if we are lucky because some of us will not um, be blessed to age. Some of us will die before we age. So we don't need to go anti-aging. We don't have to go anti-age. How about we try, we do our best to be open and allow a little bit of these topics which feels for us, feel for us so beyond our ability. Because for the long run and the short run, it will serve us, each and one of us, and the people around us. So let's talk about death. <laughs>